Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Jeannie Thomason, the other host. And today our show is entitled, Our Feathered Connection. Now, there's going to be a lot of great information in today's show. And you know how we close Jeannie at the end of our show, saying in a spirit of love and truth? Mm-hmm. Well, today we're going to share the truth. Yeah. <laughs> now, we, we talk a lot about the love, but love with, apart from truth, well, that's not really love. And, and it's, it's going to be a very, very real show and something that is very much on our hearts and our guest heart, and our guest heart, she just, um, probably has uh, such a huge heart, it seems like multiple hearts. <laughs> We're talking today with Maggie Wright, and uh, she is an African Grey expert. But before we get talking to Maggie, we are going to hear from one of our radio partners. And when we come back, we have some wonderful news to share and some things that is you know going on in the world of, uh, well, I guess birds and probably just exotics all together. And then we'll get into the deep part of the subject and today Jeannie we're going to do an Ike and Tina Turner in reverse we're going to bring, bring it in rough and we'll take right. it out easy <laughs> right kind of bring it in easy then take go rough and then out right easy like rough right you're right <laughs> <laughs> with, with the true message uh, in the spirit of love and truth time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets and while we're doing that you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors naturally Pet Talk Naturally. We'll be right back. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet with pet expert and author Sarah Wilson. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Flight 291 is now boarding. All passengers, please proceed to gate 4. And who's this traveling with us today? This is Bailey. She's never flown Midwest Airlines before. Hi, Bailey. (coughs) She'll be fine. We take special care of our traveling pets. In fact, our premier pet program was created by an employee and dog lover who believes that pets should be handled as precious cargo. And they are. Oh, and they earn travel rewards, too. Oh, good. Thanks for flying Midwest Airlines, Bailey. Enjoy your flight. Visit MidwestAirlines.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend 
and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. We're back and we're speaking with today Maggie Wright, as we said. And let me just preempt this by giving you her website so you can go there and I'll, we'll put it in the chat room. It's uh, www.maggywright.com. That's M A G. I'm sorry, dot net. Sorry about that, Maggie. I do that all the time. Not on the blog anymore, though. Um, it's M A G G I E W R I G H T dot net. You can also go to um, africangrays.com. That's the dot com. <laughs> so I'll put those both in. Ma- Welcome, Maggie. It's wonderful to have you back with us. It's so great to be here. Thank we you. We have been planning this show for a while now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right, since Christmas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or sooner I think it was. You know, right. I've been uh, working on a book, and so I've been like, I want to be a hermit. <laughs> oh. so everybody kind of like is a hermit. Aww. Everybody I know who's writing books are, are they just lock themselves away. I think that's the only way you can actually really get it done. Yeah, you have to. People say you know take an hour a day, but it takes so much work and concentration. You, it would have never gotten written. Well, your first mm-hmm. book is, tell everybody about your first book, because that is available, and as a matter of fact, um, this show is featured today on Blog Talk Radio, and thank you to them for doing that for us. They've been very great about featuring our shows, and uh, your book is up there, so it's kind of cool. Tell okay, our audience well, a little the first, bit. The first book is called African Gray Parrot's uh, Complete Pet Owner's Manual. I think mm-hmm. that's the name of it. Um, and it's a basic, it's a Barron's uh, manual, pet manual, on how to take care of and care for African gray parrots as, a, as an owner. And, and then the uh, new one? Was, what is it that was, one? It was put out in 2001. Oh, God. And um, it's, um, you know, it's been selling for all these years, so obviously it's helping a lot of people with mm-hmm. their birds. It's an amazingly great book because it's so informational and yet it's simple. It's to- very straightforward. I uh-huh. wrote it so that you understood word for word. Exactly. And the other thing, too, is it includes all of my mistakes. And I made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> like, like many of us do, because mm-hmm. th- these, um, you know, like the, the parrots, they're, they're wild, again. They're not domesticated animals, so a lot of us really don't really understand how to take care of them. Mm-hmm. So... It has well, okay, what's your new book about, Maggie? I'm sure it's about parrots. <laughs> well, it, it is and it isn't. It's going to be a, it's a, an inspirational memoir Oh, about wow. my life and yeah. how my life has been changed by my connection through animals. Oh, awesome. Can't and wait, wait for that got, one. And then it's got heavy stuff in it, too. Good. <laughs> and it's got to have meat with here. the potatoes. That's right. And it's got stuff about, you know, life without animals. So, mm. You know, so it's like all through... So it's um, it's kind of like an emotional thing to do because you have to go back to your childhood and right. go through all of that crying and all that stuff you have uh, to do, you know. Yeah. I don't understand how much angst goes into writing a book, but oh my goodness, does it bring things up? But it's it's a it's a healing process, also, huh? Yes, it is, and I hope that it's really going to be um, the big inspirational book. Whenever. When do you expect it to um, be out, Maggie? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> when the universe planned for it to be there, 
because that's, that's uh, I, you know, a lot of my life is, you know, controlled elsewhere sometimes, I think. Um, I don't know. Um, I will be looking for, I have a really good editor, and I'll be looking for a publisher, I hope, in 2009. Oh, good. Mm. Can't wait so, to see that Or the end of this year. I think that'll be an exciting book, and then they can put it together with your handbook and have the whole picture. And that's really, you know, Maggie, I have to tell you, when, I mean, Jeannie's known of you and known you for a long time. You know, when I met you and read your book, it inspired me, and there have been several people in the past couple years who really inspired me to go back to what I knew instinctively as a child, and my dog decided he would join us today, so (laughs) (laughs) So we'll hopefully that he won't continue, because somebody's at our door, but um, (laughs) the, the thing that you got me encouraged with your magazine, Nature's Corner, uh-huh. And all of the things that you have done with that, it, fo- it helped me to really look look at the nature of animals and go back to what I knew as a child, naturally, instinctively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're finding, Jeannie and I, that our show is morphing more and more towards that because we feel that if we could teach people about the nature of animals, a whole lot of this other junk that's going on oh, wouldn't yeah. be happening. And that includes with exactly. their health. Exactly. Right, and, and includes too, like dressing them up and all that. Right. <laughs> you know, all uh, that yeah, we've been stuff, talking you know? about that. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, that, that is one little, one tiny little piece. Um, and the problem, the, the issue, like with African greys, for example, is they're so incredibly brilliant. Mm-hmm. And and um, and Jeannie, you know, and they act rationally. Yeah. You know, they they kind of associate with us more. Uh, 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 rationally, and right. so sometimes you sit and think, well, you know, I got a little child in feathers, but they're not. They're they're wild animals, and they have totally different perspectives. Yeah. Well, and you know, you do know Liz Wilson. She was a guest on our show She's for great. the show. Paratop she speaks Maggie. highly of you too. I love she her does, dearly, Maggie. And it was interesting to listen to her talk about all of that. And really, really, what this show is about today is really, it is our feathered connection, but it's going to go deep. And, it's, and, and what our whole hope is, over this next, for however long we are on this path to share with our audience, is to show people the beauty of them as their species, uh-huh. as how they are in nature, and yet how they are inter- our lives are intertwined. Mm-hmm. And we want to keep them that way. Definitely. And we want to, we want to break open. Yeah. yeah, we want to break open myths. And we want to debunk a lot of the stuff that's going on out here. Because our world, in the animal world, is extremely political. Yes, it is. And um, we hope to encourage our audience to look outside of your mainstream media and all the propaganda that's flying at us. And everyone's buying hook, line, and sinker. Instead of doing your homework and learning for yourself those truths, and you can only do that if you're involved with animals in a one-on-one basis, working with them, and um, in a way, in a positive way, that we're working with them. You know, I I think a lot of these uh, different people that work with them see the worst of the worst, uh, Maggie. Don't you think? Probably. And it probably sits their troubled hearts down the path that make it worse for the rest of us. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's very true, and, and the other, you know, the other thing too is, is uh, is, is an issue of like perspectives. Uh, yeah, they definitely get something into your, you know, it, it's like, um, I mean, because I know my connection with with animals is, is is so deep because I was able to transfer some of the compassion about my own life into my feeling for the animals, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. kind of what my book's about. 
and and I see um, a lot of a lot of people kind of doing that, but sometimes they go too far. Uh, and I think, and, and we have a friend who's been on here several times that you may know of too, Maggie, Ron Hevner, and he has said sometimes, sometimes they have such troubled personal lives in their own lives, in their right. own relationships, that they morph that into their, their um, almost their, into their militancy with... Um, That's true. With, with animals. And that's probably a, a lot of, of what's going on. I and feel that... It's, it's difficult to pull yourself out because you're in that perspective. You're right. And you're just in it. You're in it. And I feel that we, we really do need to um, shed some light there, as dark as that corner in my, to me is, and as much as I've been avoiding it. And I will say that um, we have been avoiding it because it's, it is so hard for us to look at that and deal with that, and it's just ongoing, ongoing. I never, ever would ever have thought that this would be such a political arena. Yes. Yet it is. And, and it is. And it very much is. And for those of us who really love animals and want to continue to have them in our life, we we must be aware of this and be a part of the solution. And and also too the the key thing is the power of one, mm. the power of one voice, the power of us all pulling together. Nothing, nothing can stop. You know, nothing can can uh, get into anything when we are together as one. And I mean across owner um, pet lover species. Mm-hmm. You know, dog, cat, rabbit, bird, reptile. For animals. Let me say this, Maggie. This is how Jeannie and I believe. You know, we're Christian, and we believe that God created animals, and he put them in our life. And nobody can take that away. Nobody. They're not, they were never meant to live separate from us. They were mm-hmm. always meant to be a part of and interdependent and intertwined in our lives. And because some people do think, none of us sitting here want animals abused. We don't want cruelty to animals. None of us do. And yet there are factions out there that are saying that those of us who live with animals the way that we do and the exotics are really being targeted in exotics, meaning probably anything Mm -hmm. other than a dog or cat these days. Right. That's right. Um, And and the thing is, once once the the exotics are, then the dogs and cats are coming out. Well, yeah, and they're working Mm -hmm. on dogs very heavily with the breed-specific legislation, you know, with different groups saying that, you know, we need to, you know, end this breed and end this breed when the idea is to end all breeds. And so... um, we, we really feel that this needs to be talked about and let people understand because every single person, Maggie, that I talk to one-on-one uh-huh. is totally in the dark about this. I'm talking yes. about your average pet owner out there. They're going, what are you talking about? And then they laugh because they think, why wouldn't animals be in our life? And I say, okay, well, if you continue to support <laughs> these radical groups, this is what you And even some of them that aren't on the appearance so radical, but they're lobbying. If we continue to support them, you are, in effect, right. handing when, them when they, on a platter. When they stand up and they, they uh, well, because, like, there are two, which we'll get into, like, the, the difference between the welfare and the rights. Mm. But right. sometimes you, you push the welfare issue and it makes it look like, it, it makes you confused when the two are intertwined. Right. Oh, and that's, that's a very effective tactic. Oh, yes, it, it works. is. <laughs> Yeah, and so we need to make people aware of these things so that they understand. Okay, we love animals, and 
uh, I have a different viewpoint about certain, there are certain things, you know, I, I've had lots of discussions over the past few years about these things with different people, and I, I do do it one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never been such a, it, it's not always been such an easy thing for us to share here, but it's real important, Maggie, that you held our feet to the fire, and I appreciate that you did that. <laughs> well, you know, you've done that too, Kim, because you kept saying, Months ago, we got to talk. We got to talk. We do, and I got. So okay, March. But Maggie, I've been Maggie, dragging my feet too. Is what I'm trying to say. Right. Well, but you, you know, you know, I really think that it's a passion. It's a passionate plea that we need to share before we really get into this topic, and we we'll hold our audiences at our audience at bay. Talk with <laughs> us about Alex. He was the famous African gray parrot. Alex was. Wonderful. Alex was, what would you call Jenny? He was, uh, he was uh, the proof that we yes. bird people were not crazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a better way to say it. Definitely was, the I proof. Mean, you know, we, you know, because you sit and you, you, you brag about your, your bird, what your bird says or does or whatever, and, and people kind of their eyes roll over and they go, this woman's crazy. Mm-hmm. She's like, where is she, Looney Tune? And then you start talking about this scientifically proven bird mm-hmm. who can do more than, um, you know, can do the same cognitive tasks as many five-year-old children and dolphins and, and, um, and chimpanzees. And, you know, it's amazing. It but what, but I, what I'd like to say about Alex, what was to me so amazing, you know, he, he was known for doing uh, cognitive, cognitive things like uh, identifying shapes, colors, sizes, what's different, what's smaller. But the issue that's so cool about him, he came up with things on his own. And this is what kind of blows me away. And let me tell you a couple of stories. There's this one story where they were teaching Griffin, who's a younger gray in the lab, in the Pepperberg lab, to identify the sound of two. So a student teacher would go, Griffin, listen. How many? And he's supposed to say, two. (laughs) Okay. And um, Alex would sit in session sometimes. And so a trainer one day was going, Griffin, listen, how many? And Griffin wasn't saying anything. So big brother um, Alex, Alex steps in and goes, two. So the trainer <laughs> hushes, says, hush, Alex. And then the, the, the trainer again says, Griffin, listen, how many? Griffin says, nothing. And all of a sudden Alex says, Four. <laughs> and um, the ladies, go, the train is going, hush, Alex, hush. And then all of a sudden, uh, she says again, Griffin, listen. How many? Griffin says nothing again. Alex says six. Six. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the trainer realized this bird is adding. Yeah. And he was doing, it was a first sign. So he taught them that he could add. Oh, my God. Now that, you know. Yeah, that brought tears to my eyes then, and it's doing it again now. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's so amazing. Yeah. And then I, I, um, one other story, uh, real quickly, is the story of the zero um, concept. And, you know, there's so, even many humans don't understand the concept of zero. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, really. But Alex was taught um, how to identify objects that are the same and different. And when there is no difference, he was taught to say none, like zero, like zero mm-hmm. difference. And one day, um, a trainer was asking him, she had like a plate of, color, of numbers, and was asking him to identify what color a different number was. You know, in other words, she'd say, Alex, what color has three? 
and he was supposed to say yellow. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's bored. And this is what happened to him. You know, he would sometimes, you know, in science you have to do stuff over and over and mm-hmm. over and over. So you get bored no matter what. And so he liked to kind of, you know, uh, play with people. <laughs> so this particular day, instead of, she said, Alex, what color has three? And he says, five. She goes, come on, Alex, what color is three? And Alex says, five again. And all of a sudden, the trainer got exasperated and said, okay, Alex, what color five? And he said, none, (laughs) because the five didn't exist. It was not on the tray. Oh, oh, how smart was that? How smart was that? It was the first sign to Who's show teaching them. who here? Exactly. He's That's like, right. come on, this is this is way too... It's like, look, look what I can do. Right. Don't, don't make me do this other junk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> too simple. And it, like, you know, rocked, you know. He was like, you know, and this was like, he was so amazing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and Maggie, you're doing a tribute to him, aren't you? Yes. We're doing a, a, a Nature's Corner issue, comes out at the end of May. And it's going to be 40 pages. And, and this is a, a hard copy magazine, right? Beautiful. Hard magazine. copy of a Beautiful. magazine. I've got some uh, new people helping me redesign it to make it look like a mass magazine. You know what I mean? Ooh. Uh It's going to be beautiful. I'm really excited. So uh, it comes out in mid-May, and it basically has stories or articles uh, from the people who knew him and loved him. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a closure Right, oh, for, for closure for all of us. Wow. Yeah, you know, because one thing I'd love to add, I'm sorry, I'm talking too much here. No? Um, mm-hmm. When Alex died, the world, it was interesting. It was, the world was really shaken up. It was similar yeah. to Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. He was on talk show Jokes. It was so well known. CNN, Time, Public Radio, the New York Times article on his death was the, the most popular uh, article of that entire week over Pavarotti who died over the 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it was like amazing. And I think the reason is because Alex, he tapped into our primordial collective unconscious memory of a time. We've talked about that and, and right. we'll probably uh, be elaborating on that more and more as time goes yeah, by. But of a time when there was love and peace and there was a connection between animals and human, and we actually, they talked to each other. Oh, right. You can call it the Garden of Eden. You can call yeah. it the Land of Pan. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but it's that collective unconscious, that primordial tap, and that's why people were, like, so shaken. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Alex opened our eyes back to what, how it was, yeah. and I really think that it's important for us to remember that... The animals are still there. We're just yeah. not. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. yeah, you know what? They're here. They're, you know, there's becoming such a divide between man and nature. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And animals are in our lives to teach us and to bring us back to nature. You bet they are, man. And if they're they taken are. away from us, then um, if they're taken out of our homes or whatever, there, there's going to be like a total, like an iron oh. gate between yeah. us and nature. It'll be incredible. Mm. Yeah, 
Don't want to think know. about it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, you know, Maggie, um, we're in a couple minutes. We're going to go to break. But we, what we really want to do is really share your heart message here and why it's so important for people to uh, understand that what we're talking about, and let's differentiate, and we've done this before on Animal Talk Naturally. We'd invite everybody to sit back uh-huh. and open an open heart, more even, you know, the mind, minds are so open that brains are falling out, I think, but <laughs> uh, with an open heart to understand that there is a difference between the animal rights movement and the animal welfare. Absolutely. And, again, there are good and bad people on all sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. What we are asking is for people to hear from their hearts the message that we want to share about the animals. Yeah. And I think it's real important that people understand, particularly that with these African greys, they are considered an exotic. And exotics are being asked, there are, the, the movement is to ban all animals. That's right. Um, and, and they're starting with exotics around the world. That's so right. that no one can have them or own them. They should be relegated to the wild. And we need to have people understand what the heck is going on in the wild and why it's so important to us to teach the nature of animals because the wild is no longer the wild and because man is so encroached in there. And the other and, thing, uh, too, is if you return these animals to the wild, they would die. They would exactly. die because they've been born and they've they been born no and raised. They have no idea how to take care of themselves. Right. Right. They've been born and raised in captivity. But the animal rights movement says all of them should be banned. And, you know, they are, they are infiltrating our schools, our elementary schools all the way up, and telling the children that if we have these animals, that we have... We have we're, we're, we've put them in slavery, and these animals uh, need to be released to the wild. If they've been born and raised in captivity for several generations, do you think these animals even have a clue about how to survive in the wild? No, Absolutely they do not. not. That is a cruel and inhumane thing to even consider doing to them. And to have our and, and really, it's about deep pockets because they have deep pockets. They are lobbying our legislators, and our legislators are just biting hook, line, and sinker because there's deep pockets there padding their coffers. Mm-hmm. So we need people to understand this is not about animal love. This is not about animal protection. This is about an insane ideal that animals and humans live separate. That's right. And that's what the, the big crux here is. is um, that's the difference. It is. And when we come back, Maggie, we're going to have you share for the second half of the show. We want you to share your whole message as we sit back and listen to your passion, your story, so that the audience can hear. (laughs) (laughs) So get ready. We will be right back after a word from our friends. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. If you've got a passion for pet fashion and a flair for animal wear, this is the ultimate place to take a peek at what's chic in the world of designer pet fashion and cool new pet products. On the Pet Set with our fashion diva, Queen Dog Lady. The Pet Set, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Ready to take a walk? Not just you, but your whole family. 
It's the 2008 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 8th from 9 to 4 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet-related. Whisker Walk 2008, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer together with Jeannie Thomason, and we're your hosts. And today we are speaking with Maggie Wright, MaggieWright.net. And AfricanGrade.com. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did it. You did it. Maggie, <laughs> we want to give you the floor so that you can share this message that's been on your heart for quite some time now as we begin to help people understand the importance of knowing the difference and also that we don't want to discount that there are people on both sides that do bad, both sides that do great and love animals. So Absolutely. The floor is yours, my friend. Thank you, my dear. I want to start out by saying when I first created Nature's Corner magazine, the, the focus of Nature's Corner is to explore animal intelligence and sentience. This is basically that's what uh, I want to do with this magazine. When I first created the, the, uh, the website, this is before creating the, the magazine, I wanted to have like a very um, emotional site, and so I was looking for some like very wonderful emotional animal pictures, you know, where animals across species were kind of like loving and, and doing things together that you didn't think they normally did or whatever. And that was going to be on my sidebar. And then Jim Jenkins um, allowed me to use his beautiful instrumental, Because I Love You So, which is a beautiful song, um, with the website. So I was putting those two together, and I was so excited. And I, I had shivers up and down my spine when I turned the music full blast and look at these mm. beautiful photos. Mm. So I was, like, so excited about this magazine. All of a sudden, I received this email, and it said, Dear Maggie, I noticed your site advertises or groups, animal rights groups. If so, I will never subscribe to your magazine. And I'm going like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm trying to do something for animals? What is going on, you know? Um, And it turns out that some of the photos did come from an an AR site. 
Um, and I just let, did a cyber link to them to thank them for letting me use these beautiful photos. Well, mm-hmm. they went down, believe me. But I was like um, very naive and very confused because I didn't really understand what was going on, you know. Um, why did people disapprove of this movement so much? I understood why you were upset with people who burned down homes or, or threw paint on people's clothes, but what was wrong with animals having a few rights? Mm-hmm. And then I did my homework. Mm. <laughs> and I learned that there are two generally different directions, as we've discussed. Well, one is I, 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 I'm going to step in real quick here, Maggie, and say for one thing, animals, an animal's rights, a dog wants dog rights, a, do- a horse, horse rights. And that means something entirely different than what we think it means as humans. That's right. Because that is a form of extreme anthropomorphism, be- in my opinion. To, right. to assume that animals it, well, When they're want. talking about it, they're talking personhood. Yeah, they're talking personhood. They want to equate, they want to, mm-hmm. they want to relegate human rights to animals. And that right. is complete nonsense in the sense that animals don't get what we... Um, they don't get human rights, and why would we think that would give them dignity? Dignity for a dog or a bird or a horse or a cat or whatever is to give them, is to appreciate them in their species mm-hmm. as what they are. Now, you have the floor again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Very passionate like, topic. And then I kind of learned that the animal welfare direction is the perspective that animals must be respected and given a decent life. Mm-hmm. And humans have a, and we humans have a moral responsibility not to cause them to suffer excessively, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is what I totally believe in. Right, I love do. the animals as we Absolutely. all do. Yeah. And then I also learned that the, I figured out finally that the rights direction was the perspective that animals, or at least some of them, have the right to possess their own lives, mm-hmm. and they should not be used for anything, including food, including clothing, including ownership, including anything. Anything, and, and not anything. even in our lives. In fact, we are supposed to observe them from a distance, as That's if right. we would know. And, and well, how maybe not we... even that. Well, yeah. Yeah, how can we maybe we're supposed to be so afraid of nature. Well, yeah. yeah. How can we live on a planet with them and, and coexist in harmony if we're not, if our lives aren't intertwined? That's right. It, it makes no sense to me. And the other thing is that animals choose to come toward us. That's right. They even choose to be in our lives. Mm-hmm. Even in their fear of us, they will come to us. Right. And they are choosing to do so. And the key conflict between, I mean, there are many, there are many differences, but the key conflict that I've kind of identified between these two things is the issue of animal use. Yes. Mm-hmm. And again, animal rights people believe that they should not be used for anything, which includes ownership, which means we shouldn't have any pets at all. Right. No pets. Right. No pets. No pets. And, therefore, no pets. They, and they argue freeing, that... Freeing them would be euthanizing or killing them. You know, it's, they're, they're better to be killed or a pet right. than to be owned. Right. Mm-hmm. And they argue that animals or a pet should not be designated as property. Right. They should be, have their own rights as personhood, but, you know, like a retarded child, they yeah. couldn't speak for themselves. No. But so who's going to be their voice? Well, the animal rights people, because we yeah. couldn't, because well, we wouldn't, but, they're okay. not designated as property. What I'd like to know is what we makes speak them think they're them. so special to that they would have that, that they should have that autonomy. Why do they? Are, why would they be the only ones to have that right? To have that autonomy, it yeah. makes no sense. Right. And, uh, because the the thing is, I think I, I want uh, listeners out here to realize. The right to own property 
is one of our basic fundamental rights under the Constitution. Mm-hmm. If an if uh, if an animal gets to be a person, if we become like guardians of these animals, we lose the right to control what happens to our own pets. That's right. And the government then has complete power over them. That's right. They can take them yeah. away, and there's not a darn thing if you're you just and a guardian. I can do about in fact, it. Exactly. They're, they're doing that, Maggie, when they say that animal control officers don't even need a warrant to come into your home and see right. your animal from you, exactly which is what they're true. doing around the country, around the world. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And people don't is, know this is going on. But and people is. don't realize this, and that's why I think this radio show is going to be it's very important for us to get this message out. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, so if they're successful at, at legally, because basically this is a, a legal battle here, yes, mm-hmm. about changing the classification of animals. Mm-hmm. From now, property. I think that animals, uh, here's how I see things, is in, and again from a Christian viewpoint, I don't believe we own anything in this world. No, you know, of we're course stewards we don't. of it. God has you know, allowed us that privilege. But at the same time, for legal, political reasons, I say owner, and I will say owner, and owner, and owner, and owner, and I never hesitate to enlighten people what that means. That's uh, right. And my also, God knows that he pretty much dictates a whole lot of stuff in this house. <laughs> I also realize that, um, that, there's, that even if an animal is designated as property, it has, there are laws that protect animals, and that's why you can see people, you know, people who have mistreated animals, whatever they do, you know, mm-hmm. there are laws that send them to jail or whatever. Right. Um, Temple Grandin, Dr. Temple Grandin, I think a terrific lady. Um, she's an animal welfare expert and expert in, in livestock with the handling. Yeah, with the yes. livestock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. She did a really good paper that kind of compared animals to screwdrivers. And said that screwdrivers are property, but you know you can screw it up. You can you can do all kinds of things to a screwdriver, but there are only certain things you can do to a cow. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference, even though they may be designated as property. Yeah, it's, it's a living property, is what it's it a li- is. Right. It's, it doesn't mean that we, we can do anything we want to them. You know, right, right, right. There are laws that do protect the animals. Okay. And I think we ought to even preempt this, the rest of this, Maggie, by saying that uh, even if you do legislate things, you know who's being punished? The people who are already responsible, who are already doing good and right That's by right. the animals. You yeah. will never ever be able to legislate the criminal element anyway, those who are doing all the things that are forcing everybody to have to comply with this. So it makes, again, no sense. It's the law for the few to control the many. You bet. Mm-hmm. And it don't, it don't work. It doesn't work. It never has. The only thing that does, and it's a long-term, lifelong commitment, is to educate all the way down to our little children. Because as children, they get it. And... It's education over and Mm -hmm. over and over. But to legislate and think that you can legislate responsibility makes zip sense. That's right. That's so true. So, and we may go over on this show. So in the live audience, if it cuts out on you, there's, um, it will be in the archive continued smoothly through. (laughs) This is a, this is a passionate subject for all three of us sitting here. Right. We very much, you know, our lives, our livelihoods are with animals. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, what would people do without, you know, your veterinarian, without your nature path, without a place to, you know, the whole idea is to wipe this entire thing out. Do you realize what an economic, economics alone, economics alone would, would, would bring the world system down? 
mm-hmm. if we have no animals in our lives. Right. Oh, it would be horrible. And we have the little mechanical animals. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I've been seeing that, and people want me to link to that, and I said, well, you know, no. I'd rather link to a real animal site. <laughs> right. <laughs> Robotic dogs. Yeah, my favorite thing, you know, as if technology isn't, isn't invasive enough. I know. I know. And the, the, so Maggie, the thing, too, I'd like to add, too, about the issue of property, it seems like sometimes what people want to say, too, to make you feel like if you... If you see an, your animal as property, then you don't care about them as being oh, yeah. creatures, mm-hmm. and you don't see their lives as being valuable. <laughs> crock, it's a lie. It's right. a lie. Be, and I won't be na- any nastier than that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a myth. We're debunking. Right. Um, bunk, 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 debunk. Bunk, bunk, debunk. <laughs> and you know, Maggie, I was really just raked over the coals by a few people when I wrote a, an article about how forcing mandatory spay neuter on animals was just a crime and and for me it was for health issues uh-huh. um, I think that's a decision between us and our vets do I think that a lot of people I mean I don't think that everyday pet owners should have an intact animal only because what do they know about genetics or behavior or temperament I think that's something that we should leave to the responsible reputable breeders mm-hmm. however age does matter when we do this and forcing yes, people to do it at four months of age is a crime upon the animals, in my opinion. Well, we have the scientific research to, to prove to it. prove that, wow. you know, because our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully created, and as are theirs, and they need hormones. We all need hormones to grow. Mm-hmm. And without those hormones, we are, we are subjecting these animals to lifelong suffering. And that is also part of the animal rights agenda. Because if the animals are sick and dying at age one and two years old and having horribly crippling diseases because they were spayed and neutered to young, gee, people will quit getting them. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because they won't want to deal with the sorrow, the heartache, and you know what? Before long, they have won. Now, is that what we want? I, am, I don't look to that. I don't look for that to happen because God gave them to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And, and put them in our lives for a purpose. And they're here, they're here to teach us. They're here you to bet. bring us back to nature. You know, because we are nature. We're another species of nature and we've lost it. Mm-hmm. We have well, and, we've and lost and our really connection in our way. Right. But that's really where the problem lies, isn't it, Maggie? We are so, Jeannie and I talked about this with Dr. Basham last week on the show. And we said, you know, Dr. Basham, children don't know that eggs that they get at the supermarket in a carton comes from chickens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't know that orange juice should come from an orange squeezed from a, you know, from an orange from a tree. Mm-hmm. And that's how far removed we are from nature. When we grew up, the three of us, those things were common everyday things. Oh, yeah. You know, I you know I went I had to go all the way back to my roots to remember, uh, and, and and while modern technology has helped us all to supposedly have easier lives, I question that. I question that it hasn't removed us from our, our knowing, instinctively knowing. People used to know how to interact and work with animals. Have animals always been abused? Yes. Have humans always been abused? Yes, all the way back to the very beginnings of time. Mm. Are laws going to change that? No. I could use a big word. No. <laughs> Heck no, they're not. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so, that is so true. And, and what's happening, Maggie, for people that have exotics, where these animals were born, bred, raised in captivity, 
and now they're being told to sur- what surrender them where what go right, out or, or they have to have permits to have them or have permits um, to have them. I'd like to to uh, there was this one wonderful experience in 2005. I'm sure you probably were aware of it too. Do you remember the West Virginia um, Senate Bill 277 that got killed in 2005? Refresh my memory. Well, yeah, what was okay. it about? Because well, this is a really good example. It was called the West Virginia Animal Regulation Act, and they wanted to define pet birds, fish, reptiles, and other small animals as exotic animals. Oh. Then you could no longer have uh, exotic animals unless you had a permit. Mm-hmm. Okay? But people must realize that when they, they give up their animals and for a permit, it means under the Constitution, it's no longer property. Right. So you no longer control it. And what, so if you agree to the permit, you would lose your right to have the animal under the Constitution, but even though you would have the possession in your home. And then they, had, they were going to have a, an exotic animal regulation board, and they could enter your home, they could search, they could seize, they could quarantine, and they could destroy. Now, that doesn't sound like America to me. No. No. But this is what that bill was about. And it had passed the Senate, the state Senate in West Virginia, and it was uh, in the House, and then um, I think like thousands, thousands of animal people from all across all species called these people, called the legislators, and it died. Thank God it died. Well, they need to die. and And see, here's the thing. Most of our legislators are busy, 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 and they're going to listen to who's going to help promote them. That's right. Now, if we're together collectively letting them hear from us, and we must be diplomatic and we must be polite, you know, then, then, then we start to see things change. And hopefully and you, we can even educate it, some of what we consider our opposition. Right, really and you not. do it that's non-emotional and, and with facts. Right, mm-hmm. right. With tact. It must be tactful and it must be rational. And again, I hope to, part of it is to hope, you know, really Animal Talk Naturally is about educating on many levels. Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, on, on for even those who, or many who are on the animal rights side really believe that they're helping animals, and they don't realize that the great big agenda is to remove them from us. That's right. So um, hopefully we'll... And, and it's hard to see because, because uh, animal welfare is like so intertwined into the right stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, there are things that the three of us sitting here also don't agree with. So, again, we kind of cross the barriers on both sides. Mm-hmm. What I want to see, and I don't know if you two concur, but I, I suspect Jeannie does at least, and Maggie, you too. We want animals in our lives. I don't want them abused. I don't right. want them to suffer. I don't either, do, of course. Do mm-hmm. I believe they should be? They can be used for food? Yes, I do, and I believe that on a biblical basis. Okay, and a lot of people will quote the Genesis one quote to me. That doesn't wash with me, and I'll if you if you were to read it thoroughly through, you'd know why. But one day it will be that way again. Okay. And one day we won't. You know, one day it'll be that way. But right, right now it's, it can't be. But right. should those animals be treated humanely and with the Absolutely, natural yeah. approach to their care and their health? I totally believe in that 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you mentioned one, one the woman earlier. I always forget her name. Um, Temple. Temple Grandin. Grandin. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, she has helped make that much more humane for these livestock animals. And She's done an incredible job. Yes. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that we can do to help people understand. It's why we bring those people on the show to share with people. And I know, again, I want to remind the audience, if you hear us cut off, we will be on the recording. Uh, but it, it, it's important for everyone to understand that however they're used, I, I have a hard time with the testing stuff um, mm-hmm. myself, Maggie, you know, because a lot of that I is very too. cruel. Yeah. It's very unnecessary and very cruel, much of it. Where I even have help? trouble with knowing how um, animals are, are killed to, for food, yes. mm-hmm. even though it's humanely. Right. But it the is. issue is my body is it cannot handle... Um, just a vegetarian diet. Right. right. There you and, go. And, you know, so it, the, the world is just not there at this point. Not yet. No. So we want it to be as best as it possibly can for all of them. Now, here's the thing. In the wild, they're going to get eaten. That's right. <laughs> they're going to get eaten. <laughs> That's right. You know, and the, and it's, it's more cruel out there. It's uh, very it's dangerous. Very yes, dangerous, very cruel. And animals in the wild are being poached. Mm-hmm. Animals, um, you, know, you know, we say, oh, the tigers and lions should be wild. They're being poached and used for just parts, not even the whole animal. Right. You know, and it's, again, for human monetary gain. And it's for some of them, even for survival. For a lot of those people in those countries that are poaching these wild animals, it's, it's for survival for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So, again... Where is the common sense in, in all of that? I don't, you know, again, I, I really think that education, education, not all of us are going to be saved. You know, we, we talked about that um, starfish story last mm-hmm. week, Annie, how there were starfish all on the beach, Maggie, and, you know, we're throwing one back in at a time, and some will be saved, some won't. But legislating all humans across the board as though this entire world is becoming another Nazi Germany doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's scary. It's very scary. I've got one more um, area that I think people really need to become aware of. I don't think um, pet people are as aware of this because it's in the farmed area right now, but it ain't going to stay there. Right. (laughs) And that's something called the National Animal Identification System. Oh, Oh, yeah. Thank you. This is the Department of Agriculture. Mm -hmm. It wants to start a computer-based tracking surveillance system by satellite to track every farm animal and eventually every pet. That's right. Now, they say it's for disease, you know, control to stop things like mad cow. But they have animals in it already that aren't aren't, uh, for food. Mm -hmm. For example, anyone, okay, when when or if this thing really goes through, and it's it's in some states um, on a... It was in some states. I'll get there in a minute. But anyone who owns one horse, one pigeon, one chicken, one pig, one cow, llama, other birds, some other farm animals, they have to register their name, address, the telephone number with the USDA. An animal must be tagged by either a tag or a microchip so that it can be surveillanced by satellite. Mm -hmm. If you remove the animal from your premises, like take your horse on a trail ride, you must notify the government within 24 hours. <laughs> and if you sign, but right now it's, um, I think it's, it's not mandatory. If you sign up, you're effectively giving up your rights of property ownership of the animals. Right. And NAAS would empower a federal agent to walk into your home, your private property, seize your animal without a warrant or anything. Now, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. It's now voluntary. 
um, because so many of the farmers are really in an uproar about it. So the Bush administration now says it's voluntary, but... Oh, yeah, they always say that. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. they, they are encouraging states to make it mandatory. Well, you know, and what they do is they encourage the states. Here's how they did that with income tax. They encourage the states to do it, and if they don't, well, then they won't, they won't be supported by the Fed. That's right. Okay, so get the states to do it. Put the, put the, make them the heavies, and then let them know, we'll withdraw any support if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these agendas get promoted. Now, why would our government need to know all of that stuff That's unless it right. was to control the animals? And some people are fearful that it, it's uh, people next. Mm-hmm. Oh, it but is. we don't even have to go there today. The issue is <laughs> yeah. we need to protect our animals. <laughs> right. We do. And we start here because we can stop it before, you know, with the, right. we and, really and, just want people and to And they are talking about uh, putting birds, uh, you know, exotics under this. Mm-hmm. Already, so birds mm-hmm. have been birds have been pets. That was the number one and first pet ever in America. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, we did a show mm-hmm. on the history of pets in America, and they were cool. the foremost pet in America. They were the and it, they've always been pets in America since we became a country. So for you know, we would encourage our audience to go back and listen to the history of pets in America and understand that there is something bigger going on here, and we would encourage you to really do your homework and understand what these movements are all about. certainly isn't to keep America free, and, and it certainly isn't about protection for animals in the grand scheme. No, it's not. Um, in fact, quite the opposite. So, uh, Maggie, we'd always like to leave our audience with hope and encouragement. So what words of wisdom would you like to leave them with, and um, where can again, they find answers? I, the, the encouragement, the, the hope here is that there's, there's a, there is a silver lining here. It's bringing all of us animal people together mm-hmm. across species. And we just, we, you know, the more we pull together and also, you know, even dealing with the farming people, you know, to, to look into uh, areas where you think that uh, you never really associate with them before some hunters actually love animals. I know this sounds really strange. Yeah, yeah I'm not, well, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm not for hunting for sport. All that kind of, don't don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, um, for us to start pulling together and and communicating, and um, and when you do that, this is going to be a very bright, beautiful world. Mm-hmm. A lot brighter, and and there is always, always. Always hope. <laughs> Maggie, thank you for being with us, and we know you'll be back again, and there's, there's um, a lot of things on the horizon, so we'll invite our audience to go to your website again at www.maggiewright.net and make sure that you use the W-R-I-G-H-T for right. We'll have those links on our site, <laughs> and we'll have her other shows linked with this show on Animal Talk Naturally's main site and also the History of Pets in America, so you can really put all the pieces together. And... Um, um, uh, Maggie, again, we just wish you well and Godspeed on, on all the work that you're doing and all the things you're doing for the animals. And say hello to your wonderful birds. Yeah. Well, and you guys say to your guys, too, and God bless both you, Kim and Jeannie. You Thank too, you Maggie. Thank so much. Well, Jeannie, in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have, have a-, a tail wagon, hoof stomping, wing flapping, <laughs> I'm going to breathe it. <laughs> Perfectly. Animal talking day. <laughs> Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, 
Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.